I think I'm going to say welcome. Is that too much? Is that overbearing? <laughs>today's episode we look at the scrum master role and what they can do once their team is running well to influence the business you're listening to the iteration station Welcome to today's episode of the iteration station I'm your host Jake I'm joined as always by Brett uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Scrum Masters and some different roles and things that they have to do uh, and, and some different techniques for maybe a little bit more advanced Scrum Masters. Brett, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's a good uh, kind of summary of what we want to hit on. Um, we've talked a lot uh, about Scrum Masters in general from the team perspective, and that's where most of the conversations around Scrum Masters resides is how they uh, contribute to a, an agile team. But today we want to talk a little bit more about um, kind of the, the higher level Scrum Master topics and as a Scrum Master grows, kind of the things that they grow into. Yeah, I, so much of what you see and read is specifically about the team that the Scrum Master is serving. And it's, it's interesting once you get, you know, your, some of your best Scrum Masters can kind of move a little bit beyond that role, whether it's, you know, initially to another team and running kind of two teams as a Scrum Master capacity or beyond that. So I want to get some of your thoughts uh, off the bat a bit of, what does that look like for, for a Scrum Master who's kind of evolved beyond the point of just their team? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So you mentioned kind of the first method that, that you can take for growth is kind of a horizontal scale where uh, you're comfortable kind of helping lead your team from a servant leader perspective. Um, you're facilitating your Scrum ceremonies uh, and you kind of have gotten into that groove and things are operating well. So if you scale horizontally, you probably have the capacity to be a Scrum Master on a second team. Um, but what we want to talk about today is if you were to scale vertically, uh, your goal as a Scrum Master is to kind of work yourself out of a job. You're trying to coach your team uh, in kind of the agile mindset so that they can run the ceremonies for the most part by themselves. You're present there to maybe course correct, maybe look for improvements. You're taking the, the higher level view of saying like, how can we improve this process? But ideally you want your team to also kind of take that view as well. So where do you go from there if your team is highly performing, it's kind of running their own retrospectives and they're improving themselves. So the next step for a Scrum Master would be engaging more of the business and doing some of that agile coaching into the business, whether that's a leadership uh, within your department, whether it's IS or whatever, marketing, wherever you're doing agile, um, or going out into the business that um, you know, you can engage finance, uh, you can engage, like I said, marketing, kind of any area of the business and coach them in what the agile mindset is and the practices because it applies to all them, but it's also how you do work. Yeah, I, if you don't mind backing up just a little bit on that, I want to think about like ways and what sets a scrum master up to work themselves out of a job. What like, how do you know that you've gotten to that point, right? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, so from an entry-level standpoint, uh, as a Scrum Master, a brand new Agile team, they're going to be new to Agile concepts, new to Scrum. Um, so what you're doing is a lot of coaching the, this is what a retrospective is. And there's a lot of, like, the most common pitfall for a retrospective is you're not coming out with action items. See episode one. Yeah, see, see episode <laughs> one for retrospectives. Uh, but... Once your team has that under control and they're like, oh, we understand that our goal of this retrospective is to look back over the last sprint 
look at our process, look at foundational things we can improve. And we come out of here with actionable work that we can do that's going to improve our process overall. Well, if your team is doing that consistently with little to no input from you, the Scrum Master, then that's a really good indication that your team is in a healthy spot. And that's true of all the other Scrum ceremonies as well, whether it's sprint planning or, or grooming or anything like that. So is it fair to say that part of this kind of graduation, I'll call it, out of, kind of out of your team and to move to the wider organization as a whole is instilling the, spec, the, the, the Scrum Master like mindset into the team, into each individual, uh, so that they kind of feel almost as if they are Scrum Masters in their position as, as they yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. The, as a Scrum Master, your goal is to make yourself obsolete, that you are not a key component well, I, to any of your... I should be a Scrum Master. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if we're starting as obsolete. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you shouldn't be a key component in any of those meetings. They should be able to run by themselves. Right. So, okay. And then let's, let's then move on. So when you have gotten to that point, I, I, the way I kind of see it is you're making a big impact initially on your Agile team that, that you're working with uh, to kind of change how that work happens, how their processes work. Then you're moving on and doing the same thing, but at a wider level, organizationally speaking. Uh, so how do you approach that? Because it's different than the team, right? At the team level, you're, it's, it's really direct. Uh, how you're trying to influence outside of that, I'm guessing it's more kind of advocating and things like that. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a good question. So the goal for a Scrum Master, even while they're coaching their Agile team, uh, is to be building bridges into the business. Sure. And so that happens organically as your team comes up with blockers or they need stuff from the business uh, that maybe the product owner isn't set up to engage with. Um, it's the Scrum Master's job to kind of reach out and remove those blockers or engage the business um, to, to resolve any issues that might come up. Come up. So you probably already have some kind of threads into the business. And sure, so you have contacts yeah, at the very least. Exactly. People you know. Yep. And so uh, the, one of the primary tools I think you can use to engage the business is through your sprint demos. And uh, your stakeholders probably are already engaged, hopefully are already engaged uh, with your demos. So you're, they're, you're probably not ready for the next step if, you're, if <laughs> yeah, your stakeholders yeah, yeah, aren't coming true. to That's true. Yeah, that's, that so, is the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you can get those stakeholders not only engaged, but speaking to other people in the business, but then also invite other people in the business. Um, have your marketing team come and watch your sprint demos and kind of sit with them and explain the process uh, so they can understand, they can engage then. Um, whether or not they move to full-on sprints is a different question, but uh, they can kind of see what to expect and, and kind of the expectations that the development team has on the marketing team and maybe uh, address some of the expectations that the marketing team has on the development team. And I, I like what you said of explain the process to them. So don't, don't just invite them and bring them in, but also explain what's happening or what's going to happen. I think uh, a general word of advice on that, probably try to have that conversation both face-to-face, -face, not through an email, and then ahead of time before the events, so they know what's coming. I've, I've seen a similar situation this years ago where essentially a, a stakeholder or someone who wasn't traditionally at our demos uh, came in and essentially the process was explained to them during the demo. Uh, which <laughs> right. kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if it, this happened to be kind of an executive, so it wasn't someone who was going to be back the next week to yeah. see it again necessarily. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a it's a really good point to make because you want to make sure people kind of understand going in what they're about to see, right. and then hopefully that raises questions and and gathers some interest because the whole point is we've got a new way. I mean, depending on how long you've been doing agile, a new way to your organization of doing work. Um, and it should be exciting because it is exciting. It's neat to see employees engaged and it's neat to see employees excited about their work and having these autonomous teams and saying 
uh, showing that to other teams in the organization should uh, garner some interest, and, and there should be some interest in that because other teams, I would assume, would want that as well because it's right. it's a power. Well, and even if it's not new necessarily to the organization, it might be you know if you're working with someone from marketing, they might not be familiar with development at all. Sure. Now, and and they're used to you know giving comps and then seeing an end product and marketing that versus this gets them to see a little bit along the way, which can kind of help their work. So, um, you know it. it I think it adds to exactly what you're talking about of that enthusiasm and the energy behind kind of what we're doing to to help bring more people into the fold. Yeah, exactly. And then as more people come in, it just kind of deepens those relationships between the team, the agile team, and the rest of the organization. And as those become agile teams, potentially, um, you increase your communication, uh, you increase your connection to the product that you're building. So. Uh, your team now gets even more engaged because the business is being more engaging. Right. Uh, and right. it's kind of, it's a s- upward spiral. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't hear <laughs> you know, the upward spiral. It's upward, that's, so you're that's right. That's a little more rare than the, the, the downward, downward spiral. spiral yeah. Yeah, I, I, and that's, I mean, it's just, it kind of routes back just to, to collaboration in general. Uh, you know, if if your team, who generally probably doesn't see a lot of these types of, of roles, uh, in their normal day-to-day life can start to put names to people, maybe have quick comments or even just answer questions. It starts to build those relationships that can really help set the direction in the future, um, you know, as, as you kind of continue to mature as, a, as an agile organization. Yeah, yeah, even like, even with finance, like that connection to finance of saying like, this is how your project is being funded, then it kind of connects your work. It's no longer like, ah, oh, I just kind of hammer out code and then like it becomes... Right, something, and I get a paycheck at the end of the day. But it's like this project is being, or this product is being funded in this manner. So the things that I'm building, like those are the things that are generating my paycheck. It's not the fact that I'm just writing code. It's the fact that I'm delivering a product and delivering a value, and that directly translates into that. Yeah, or maybe even how it's contributing to the to the bottom line. How are how are you creating value for the organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I, I, you know, I think finance is a good example just because it seems so, you know disassociated with what we're doing as, as developers, um, but it also allows the finance team to kind of see, hey, if they're working in that way, if that's the way that they work and prefer to work, maybe we should adjust how some of our practices are done in a way that might make it easier for uh, whoever it is, if it's project managers, whoever's managing that budget, uh, you know, to just be a little bit more dynamic with how they can handle their money. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, so it's just a thought. Like, what if HR? What if somebody from HR came in and sat in on your retrospectives because they saw the value of this agile process and they said, "Hey, I want to see how teams are actually doing." And there's there's already a forum for teams to say, "Hey, how are we doing?" And now HR can come in and say, "Hey, what are they struggling with? How can we change the organization? How can the organization adapt to help facilitate uh, higher functioning teams?" And and so now you get the whole agile process feeding back into even the entire organization's processes. Right. And and another good example, HR, is is it's so often an individual. We want the best individuals to be hired. Uh, what if they can expand that to say, we want the best teams that we could possibly have? And yeah. I think that's a, just a another way to kind of, you know, you're not saying not, our HR department is agile or run scrum or whatever else. Right. But they they are thinking with the principles of Agile yeah. uh, that we want them to think about in that way. It at least influences a little bit. Maybe it just moves the needle here and there, but it does you know all that kind of helps to contribute to the the uh, culture that we want to create around around Agile. Yeah, absolutely. It's moving it from Agile as a way that teams work to Agile is a way that organizations run. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then at the same time, I mean, retros, I think, are an awesome way to invite anybody in, whether it's HR or any partner, because it, that's something that any team can do. You yeah. don't have to have a specific two-week iteration or however long your iterations are to do a retro. You, yeah. know, you could just do them every month or whatever, regardless of what type of work you have, and just kind of go over those challenges. So I think that that helps to kind of build out some of those processes to, to places that may just not do them currently, yeah. whether that's intentional or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's great. Yeah, cool. Any uh, any parting thoughts or anything on uh, with with respect to this subject? No, I think it, I think it's a, a good kind of conversation to have or retrospective for any scrum master to have on, on their own self, kind of an introspective. Um, is your team high performing? Is it high functioning? What do you need to get it there if it's not? And then if it is, uh, how can you start engaging the business more yeah. and, and kind of doing some organizational coaching? And I, I yeah, I'll, I'll add to that too because I, I think a lot of times developers can feel like a scrum master is not working forty hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think that can be true if you feel like you've got your team up and running and that they're, you know, especially if I'm a developer who has an agile mindset and is willing to kind of carry some of the burden. Uh, you know, I feel like why do I even need a scrum master? We can handle this. This process isn't that hard. Right. One, that means your scrum master probably did a good job. Uh, yep. But I think as if you are that scrum master in that role, you should be looking, how can I contribute outside? And then how can I prove and show what I'm doing? Not, not that you need to prove yourself to your team, but just show, hey, here's the sort of personal roadmap that I set up for myself and how I think it'll benefit our team as a whole and just kind of provide that value back. Yeah. Um, that that might help with if there is any stigma between you know developers and scrum masters or just business type people at all yeah um it can help to alleviate some of that so yeah and uh, even even realizing that maybe the best way to serve your team is by engaging the business maybe right. the, your team's biggest concerns and biggest problems aren't the right. team anymore it's it's at the organizational level so even by engaging the organization you're still serving your team right oh yeah yeah and i i mean you you get there by again being really good at the basics and the fundamentals of, of being a scrum master that gets those other people on your team to, to think in that way yeah um but yeah, very cool. Uh, awesome discussion today. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, see you next time. Bye.